welcome to the Younger, Smarter, and Better podcast. I'm your host, Christian Alita, and today we are going to be wrapping up this season. Today is the season finale, and I want to make it special for you guys. We were talking about the last episode, um, Ultra Learning Part 2. So in that episode, we're kind of wrapping up this ultimate um, to-do list filter system that I use, which basically goes through and gets only the necessary things The whole point of the to-do list system is to basically get down to the very important things that are actually worth spending time on. So after going through that list, which you can find in the last episode and two episodes before that, because we had a special guest in between there, we were talking all about this list, about eliminating things, automating, delegating, um, then procrastinating on what's important. So now... What we're going to do is talk about focus. You've gone through your productivity filter. You've figured out what is the important thing to spend your time and energy on. And now we're going to teach you how do you go about focusing? How, what are you supposed to pay attention to? What are some tips and tricks to keep you focused and engaged when you have to work? So when we talk about this thing, what I want to do is I want to make sure that we really get down to the fundamentals here, because I think there's a lot of different ways you could approach this. And I've seen, I think honestly, what one of the great things about today's world, and especially in today's time period, with everything going on with the coronavirus, the quarantine and that thing, is that we have such a huge access to information. I mean, right now you're listening to a podcast that is helping you learn about the ideas of focus. I mean, if you open your phone, you can search up almost any database for things about like, how do I focus better? Like searching up on Google, you can get a very good basic knowledge. I mean, you could even find scholarly articles about it online. There's a lot of free information out there and it makes it really, really good to get a basic foundation. Today, we're going to be going through a lot of the basics, but I also want to take it up a notch because I think a lot of the basics only cover that front level. They only cover the things that are generic. The scientists experiments have basically said, yeah, I think this works for just about everything. But one of the things that you don't really hear about that is that the science experiments, the things that you read about and hear about are the generalized things. And the problem with the generalized part of this research in this area is that if you only stick to the generalized things, you're missing out on the potential for personalization and for the things that you might find work better for you. Because when they do the study that says that, you know, Mozart music works best for everybody, they might, like, when they do those studies, it's not 100% of everybody. They're just saying, like, the 60, the 70, the 80% of the people that they studied, they found had a great improvement with listening to this genre of music, right? So what I want to do is make sure that not only do you realize that what we're going through is talking about, like, the more general examples of, like, the 60 to 80%, but guess what? The 16 to 80% is not 100% of the people. You might fall into the category of people that like to listen to rock music and find that more helpful when you're working on a programming assignment, when you're working on writing a paper. You might fall into that category, and that is completely fine. That is completely normal. That's why we're going to talk about this in two different layers. We're going to talk about the common ideas, the things that have been generally accepted to improve your focus, and then we're going to talk about some more of the niche things, something that you can use to level up your game even more than the standard Google search will help you. So the first thing we're going to talk about, this has been generally accepted. I mean, this I've read in almost every book I could find about focus, time management. I mean, like this is one of the most commonly well-known things. And one of the things I'm going to screw up on pronunciating the Pomodoro technique. And of course, we've talked about this before, and we're going to talk about it some more because it's so awesome. The Pomodoro technique is basically, it's called, a, it's 
a tomato timer is the idea. Um, and what happens is you use a timer for about 20 to 25 minutes, and then you focus and work until the timer goes off. And then after the timer goes off, you spend about five to 10 minutes, and then you take a break. You disengage from that work. And we're going to talk a lot more about disengaging from work and how that can help you focus in just a second. So what you do is you spend that 20 minutes, you focus down, spend your five minute break. And after four cycles of that, so you do 25 minutes, five minutes, 25 minutes, five minutes, 25 minutes, five minutes. Then you do that again. And then after that, you take a longer break. It could be 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just to really de-stress a little bit. And so what that helps you do is because the way your brain works, and the reason that this Pomodoro technique works so well is because multiple, multiple foundations, right? We're talking about this is a great way if you use a visual timer it's motivating for you to work when you see the timer and this is another thing when you see the timer some people that adds too much stress and they can't actually focus when they see the timer or they look at the clock because they see that counting down and they don't work well under stress so for some people the pomodoro technique might not work as well with a visual timer and this is where we come into the next level of personalization so you can have a visual timer or you could not have a visual timer and just have a notification or something to, to let you know to take a break. And so that is another like key personalization technique you can use for the Pomodoro technique. So this generalized technique, bringing it down. The reason that the Pomodoro technique works so well is because it uses two different types of focus and it uses a lot of the psychology of the brain and how that works. So basically your brain is really good at focusing at things, but not for a really long period of time. You can last about, I think it's about 60 to 90 minutes is about the maximum amount of time your brain can focus on something without starting to lose energy, without starting to lose focus. And so what happens is that the Pomodoro technique uses that focusing time, right? It uses 25 to 30 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes, somewhere around that range. It can be whatever you want it to be. And it utilizes the focused part of the energy. And it uses that time for the focus energy while you're working down that time, trying to get as much done as you can in as limited time as possible. And then afterwards, you you stop focusing. And that's really the key part of this is taking that break because breaks are really important for your focus and your energy level. So what happens is you utilize as much energy as possible during that time period. And then you get your break, which brings back up your energy level and brings back your focus and kind of resets your mind. And what happens is that even when you're not working, here's the great part about this, right? You might think that taking a five minute break is actually really detrimental because you're like, oh man, that's five minutes. I'm not working. That's five minutes. You're not focusing when your cognitive brain is not focusing on this work, but your subconscious mind, here's the interesting thing. You have different, two different types of focuses, which is a really important part to understand of how to get the most focus because some people might be using the wrong type of focus. You have the cognitively, the intense focus where you're bearing down, you're trying to get like, you're working really hard on concentrating on like minute details, things like that, right? This might be when you're playing a sport or something, when you're in that zone, right? And then you've got your other type of focus, which is actually a relaxed focus. This is where you're passively working on the assignment. This is when you're working on math problems or creative problems. And the reason that this works is because your con your subconscious brain is working more on the problem. It's turning it over in its head. It's looking at it from different angles, right? And when you're focusing on other things, like say you're, you're taking your five minute break, 
you're either looking online or you're reading a book, you're taking a minute to breathe, to drink water. And then in the back of your head, you're relating what you're doing. You're connecting what you're doing still to the problem you're dealing with in the past. And so what happens is that the problem you were working on during that 20 to 25 minutes, you're still mentally in the back of your head without consciously thinking about it. You're working on that still. And you're increasing your energy for the next time you do that focus section. So next time you sit down after your five to 10 minute break, you're gonna be like, oh, I think I figured out this solution to this problem. And that's the reason that this works so well and why it's been accepted by so many people, because it uses both types of focuses. And when you go through and you're talking about like kind of like the relaxed focus part of things, when you're talking about using that intense focus and then going back to your relaxed focus, that is something that's really important to understand. Because what happens is if you're working on, say, a math assignment, right, you might think that you need to sit down and focus, put down the timer, focus for as much as you can and as hard as you can on that thing. But what you might not realize is that it might be more helpful for you to use a relaxed focus type of work on this problem. And the reason being is because you can come up with more creative solutions to problems. You can come up with more ways to think about different things, different angles to look at problems when you're using your subconscious, your relaxed focus. And that's actually, so think of it like a pinball machine. This is how the example was described to me. Basically, you have this pinball machine and all the pins are really close together when you use focused and intense focus. So you drop the ball and it hits off a lot of the ones that are really close together in this one small part of the brain, right? And these different areas of your brain might be thinking math here, science here, right? You're only going to be focusing on this really narrow area. But when you use defocused, when you use relaxed focus, when you diffuse your brain a little bit and you take a minute to relax, what happens is you have less and less clustered up pins on your pinball machine. And so you, your thought goes from one side of the brain to the other much more relaxed. You might start thinking about Shrek and then go over to math and then think about dancing and then go down to music. Like it, it opens your brain a little bit up to see the different things and come up with creative solutions you might have not thought about before, where you might have been stuck in the addition, subtraction, algebra, that area of the brain. You're now thinking about all these different things and coming with more creative solutions. Which kind of brings us to our next point. So you can come up with more creative solutions by going back and forth between this, these two parts of the brain, these two different types of focuses, right? Now here is why it's so important to start eliminating distractions. This is the next tip we're going to talk about in addition to using the Pomodoro technique or taking breaks, right? And you've got these two different types of focuses. You need to be able to balance them. Now here's why eliminating distractions makes such a huge difference because the other so say for example you take your break right and then you go back into working and then while you're working you're 15 minutes into your 20 minutes right and then all of a sudden a notification pops on your phone now what's happening is your conscious brain switched off tasks and then what happens is that when you switch off tasks, it gets really, really hard to go back and flip over to the other task so you so all of a sudden notification pops on my phone oh i look at it okay Oh man, um, this person needs me. I need to figure out a time to go meet them later today. Now my brain is thinking about this thing and I've lost my train of focus because my intense focus needs a lot of concentrated work. And now when I lose that train of work, the train kind of derails. And what happens is they figure this out. It's about 12 to 25 minutes to switch in between tasks. So what happens is even though you're sub, like when you switch between tasks, right? That's your subconscious mind switching back and forth because you're, there's a little bit of a delay between your focused mind working on something and your subconscious mind working on something. 
So your focus mind, you might be sitting here working on that math problem, right? But your subconscious mind is still thinking about the thing, that message that somebody just sent. You can't really focus on adding those numbers together because in the back of your mind, you're still thinking, oh man, I have to come up with a time. What am I going to wear? Oh, do I need to bring like money? Am I paying? Are they paying? You know, like all these things are going to start racing in the back of your mind. You're not even going to be aware of it because you're trying to focus like, oh man, two plus two. I feel like I know it's on the top of my head. Why don't I know this? You don't know this because you're distracted in the back of your head. And so the reason that it's so important to eliminate distractions is because you want to utilize the focus of both parts of your brain, the front part, the back part, right? It's not just left and right brain front part, back part, because your front of your mind is your frontal lobe, you're cognitively, you're working, this is your thinking mind, it's what you hear inside of your head, that sort of idea. Now, when you think about the back of your mind, that's your subconscious, that's the thing that goes on while you're working on other things. So when you don't eliminate distractions, when you allow them to come up in your life, you're not getting any real focus done because of all the things that are popping up. So when you get an email notification, when you get this thing, right? And if you think about that, right, every single notification, every time you switch off task, takes 12 minutes to get back on task. So if I'm working on something, right, and I only am focusing on it for 20 minutes, that's why another reason this technique, the Pomodoro, works so well. Because you're only focusing on it for such and such period of time, and you're allowing yourself to check notifications, you're allowing yourself to get distracted at a period of time where it's not in the middle of your concentrated work. Because that 12 minutes that it's going to take your brain to switch back and forth if you keep doing that. So imagine if you were to not focus on any device that I just told you, right? Imagine you were to do just what normal people would do. They sit down, they try to work. Oh, they get a notification. Oh, look, somebody sent me a link for this funny video. I'll just sit here and watch the video. Boom, five minutes. Watch the video. Oh, now I've got to send a reply. And they start the conversation. Now they're derailed. Okay, now they're going to come back. And then boom, another person sends them something. Or boom, oh, you know what? I should check in with my one friend and I should share this video with him. Five minutes into working, right? They're never going to be able to sit down and concentrate on this thing because in the back of their mind, they're trying to do this. Another thing is your brain is not exactly going to help you with this. And your brain is actually hardwired to naturally when you're stop thinking about things. Here's the really interesting thing about social media. This is something I learned really recently that's been really kind of scary, but yet interesting at the same time to learn. Your natural, like in your brain, right? When you are focusing on something and then all of a sudden you stop thinking, what is the natural thing? When your brain stops thinking and concentrating on something in front of you, what's the first thing that it does? Science has shown that the first thing your brain does when you stop focusing on something and you just let your brain be, the first thing you think about is people. You care about what other people think. And it makes sense. Why would this be hardwired into your brain if it was not important to survival, right? So if this is really important to survival because if you get kicked out of your group, your tribe, right, you're alone. And you have to go and fight your own battles and you have to go serve. Like people, you need to be a part of your tribe. So if your natural brain was to just like click off. You're like, I'm not going to work on math or like whatever, right? You're just walking in the park. What's the first thing you think about? Boom. Who's around you? The people you need to talk to, right? These social things. So immediately social media. So social media is taking advantage of your human brain by trying to keep it like they make money whenever you open the app and see an ad, right? So they make money by keeping your attention. And what works is that you constantly are thinking about friends. And if social media is associated with how you keep in contact with your friends, then what's going to happen is automatically 
you stop focusing on things, the first thing your brain turns to is social media because then you're going to be connecting with people and you're working on that social part of the brain. So what happens is that that is really, really, it's, it's like a mega distraction, right? So if you turn off notifications, if you turn your phone off, if you put it into a different room, if you do whatever you need to do, you close the door in your room, right? And then you focus on the task at hand. It's going to be a lot easier to focus intensely on whatever you need to focus. And then remember, you can give yourself permission to check it afterwards. What I do is I put a post-it note next to my desk whenever I'm really focusing on something. And whenever I think of something like, hmm, maybe I should check in with so-and-so, right? I write it down on the post-it note. And then I don't think about it anymore. I go back immediately to what I'm doing because then after my break, I can just look at the lesson like, oh, I have X, Y, Z, three. Like I wanted to go watch this video for my new YouTuber that I like watching. I wanted to do this, right? Now I've got a whole bunch of things that I can do in my break that I'm looking forward to after I'm done focused work. So when your brain automatically defaults to checking social media, the goal here is to write it down and to make sure that you don't do it because the 12 minutes that it takes your brain to switch back and forth between tasks is going to be really detrimental to your intense focus. And of course, that's if you need intense focus for that activity. So what happens is you need to sit down and basically eliminate distractions. That's tip two. Eliminate as many distractions as you possibly can. I found that this this thing that I did, I've done it for everything. I literally keep my phone on do not disturb even when I'm at my house and just chilling out because I don't want to get notified. Like one of the things that I've realized as I've come to do more research about time management, about focus, about like finances, it's about a lot of it comes down to the underlying principle of being where you're at with the people that you're with at that time in real life. So I've realized this and I've come to value this time that I can spend with the people that I'm with. And so I tend to naturally try to spend less time on my phone. And whatever this has allowed me to do is to really be present with the people that I'm with or with the task that I'm with. If I'm working on a task, I don't want to be thinking about, you know, like this other thing, because what happens is it it disconnects me from the thing I'm doing at hand. And what happens is they've done studies, and I think you may have heard this term before, flow. Flow basically, if you were to break it down, it's one of these states that you can get, this is like one of the few research things done on how to be happy. People are happy when they're concentrated and working on things that they themselves are doing and pushing themselves to work towards it. When you're faced with a challenge where you think you can actually accomplish it, like imagine you're playing a sport, right? This is the reason so many people get so much enjoyment out of playing sports because they're once you're in that situation where you have to run X amount of like distance, right? You're, you're running to try and get that goal for your team. You're challenging yourself and you think that you can like, like rise to that challenge. And it's that activity of rising to that challenge that is really enjoyable for humans because it's a survival instinct. You want to be able to rise to as many challenges as you can to survive as long as possible. That's kind of like human thing to do, right? And you get a lot of your brain rewards that behavior by making it enjoyable, by giving you serotonin and all these things that make you happy. So you do the same thing when you're doing with focus and other things, right? So to tie this back to why I'm present, why I turn my phone notifications off is because I value being present and I value that focus because focusing on what you're with and who you're with by turning off notifications, by eliminating distractions allows you to get more enjoyment of everyday life. And that's why it's so important to focus, why it's so important to, you know, take breaks and things like that. And why we're going to go into our third tip that we're going to talk about, which is your environment. 
So we've talked about a lot of different techniques, a lot of different concepts, the Pomodoro technique about taking breaks. We've talked about eliminating distractions, how it's so important to do that. The two different types of focus, realizing that every problem might not need the same hammer and nail solution as intense focus, and that you might need some creative problem solutions with the relaxed focus part of your brain. These things are really going to be really helpful. But the next thing we're going to talk about is where we get to that, that next level. Again, we, we reach back into the, you know, you've got your generic things that science has said to be true. And now we're going to go into even further personalized tips for you. And this is kind of where it comes up to, you're going to have to figure this out on your own. I'm going to tell you the things to look out for. And it's going to be up to you to do your own experiments. This is really, if you were to look at YSB, the whole podcast, right? A lot of the information I have is generic knowledge that you can find by reading books and spending the time to do it. And I compile that knowledge with my own personal experience, what I found works for me, and I turn them into episodes. And so when you look at it from this view, right, a lot of the things I do are either from my personal experience or from generic knowledge. And a lot of the ways that I go about getting that knowledge is experimenting. I don't just read a book and be like, oh, you know, this is a great book for me to talk about for this thing. You know, I go out and I experiment with a little bit. I play around with the idea. I'm like, okay, you know what? Pomodoro technique, sure, right? Is it better with a visual timer or not a visual timer? Should I like go through? Then I learn about like, okay, wait, how does the focus work? Am I working intently on focusing? What type of focus am I even using? These sorts of the things that I try to experiment with. I try to learn. This is part of the process of learning new things and going forth and like really personalizing your own experience. So we're talking about environment and we're talking about environmental focus. This is very similar to eliminating distractions, but also very subtly different. Eliminating distractions is a great way to, you know, improve your focusing environment. But when we're talking about a focusing environment, I'm talking about all the niche things. I'm talking about the chair you're sitting in. If you're sitting in a leather chair in the Texas heat, is that really comfortable? Are you going to be able to focus if you have to constantly shift around when it's like super hot outside, right? We're talking about the desk you sit at. Is your desk really well positioned? Are the things that are on your desk even well positioned for your your posture? Is your posture set up with your desk or chair? Is your laptop too far away? Is it too close? Is the mouse like at the right distance? I mean, this is where it comes to niche things. Of course, there's a lot of people who have done research for like the posture of your back and these things. Is your pencil like where you load things up? What is in your environment, right? Personalizing your environment is going to be really interesting thing for you to experiment with. Because some people, another random research tip, they're like, some people really find that having a plant in their environment improves their focus and improves the mood of the overall area because we really have this connection to nature. And so as like a human, being able to set up a plant or something really has this connection to nature, having a window, having a picture of a waterfall, these sorts of things actually help you focus because they get your your human mind reconnected with nature, which is where your brain really is used to focusing because it's used to focusing in its natural environment. When you're in a desk, when you're sitting down for 12 hours a day, that's not its natural environment. So it, it doesn't really know to focus. It's not really used to That's not a, a primitive reflex when it's sitting down on a chair. Oh, I need to focus because something's going to kill me right now, right? No, you're used to focusing in nature, right? So it's using that same part of the brain and bringing it back. So having personalizing with plants, pictures of waterfalls, those things that you can help for a little nuanced part that might help you out. Another thing is pictures of family having a motivational poster, maybe having your goals on a goal sheet, something that you can use to really like 
recognize why why am I sitting here working? What is the mental reason that I'm doing this, right? What's my motivation? If you have something like that, that might help you out with focusing. Having some reminder of the reason that you're working so hard might help you actually sit down and get work done. Another thing is how cleanly your desk and your work area is. Ever since I've been a minimalist, um, minimalist, I have been working really intently on what I keep on my desk, what I keep on my person, in my pockets, these sorts of things. And it's really helped me keep clean and keep down on the things so I don't have a lot of junk or clutter just cluttering at my desk. So it allows me to focus. I know where my papers and my work is. It allows me to get more done. And it really helps me with that thing. Another thing for your environment is your music, what you're listening to. Now, this has been, like, you know, generically speaking, you could say Mozart, you could say classical music, things that don't have words, because a lot of times when you're trying to focus, it involves reading, it involves thinking, and so what you want is to be able to hear yourself think. If you're listening to music with audio in it or with words and vocals in it, your brain starts to think about the words more so than actually what you want to be focusing on. That's the only reason that people are like, oh, you know, if you're going to listen to music, listen to Mozart or something like that for focusing. Because, I mean, even lo-fi, you can listen to lo-fi and like all these other sorts of things as long as it's calm enough to let you hear the own sound of your voice. How loud your music is too might play a huge role into your focus. Maybe if your music is too quiet, you're trying too hard to listen to the music and you're not focusing. If it's too loud, you can't hear what you're working on. So it's about figuring out the right pace. You have it too quiet. You can hear too much of your background noise. That might be in a distracting environment. Again, background noise in your environment. If you can close your door, if you can tell the neighbor to stop mowing the lawn at 6 a.m., these are the sorts of things that can help you really set up your right like focusing environment. The next thing, temperature temperature and the how much light is in the room these things are like we're talking about minute details here and it's all about personalization something that's i found interesting is that blue light actually really helps with creative thinking in the brain and dimmer lights actually help with your creative brain which i found really interesting and i think a lot of it if we're talking about going back is because your diffused mode your relaxed brain when you're using blue lights or you're using, you know, a dimmer light, right? You're more relaxed. So you're getting into your relaxed brain. You're using this type of focus to really help you with creative problem solutions and all these sorts of things. So if you look at like all these different things, right? Setting up your environment the way that you like for your situation is really going to help you with your focus. Another thing is how long you've been sitting down. We can go and talk about energy for nonstop for a while, right? So I'm only going to mention this. How long you're sitting also plays into effect if you're like during your breaks of your Pomodoro technique, I would highly suggest getting up, walking around, pacing, or when you're working on a problem, when you're thinking about a light, just walk up and stand. I didn't realize how much I missed walking in between classes until after school like abruptly ended. I had to start doing schoolwork in my house because I started sitting when the first few weeks I was sitting like 12, 13, 14, 16 hours a day. I'm not used to like, I would walk to and from school. That's how I get like, I'd spend 15 minutes walk to school or walk to the bus stop, depending on whose house I was at. And then I walk in between classes and these sorts of things. I miss that walking time. My body missed it for focus, for being able to pay attention. So being able to figure that out is going to be really helpful for you. 
So I think that's where I'm going to lap up this episode. We talked a lot about the Pomodoro technique, how to use that in the first part of this episode. We talked about eliminating distractions, why it's so important. We talked about the two different types of focus, relaxed focus and intense focus, what's better for you. We talked about environment, how you can set that up for what's best for you and your personal like focusing side of your brain, right? And with all that said, I want to really thank you for listening to this episode. The past week or two has been really, really great for like responses and everything. I really love that. So with all that going forward, I'm actually personally going to be taking some time off from the podcast only because I am in the middle of moving in between states and with everything else going on, I really want to be able to focus get time back to the episode. I really want to be able to focus on moving and being with who I'm with during the next two weeks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be taking a break. We've already wrapped up this season. This is the last episode for season three. We're going to be starting season four, starting in just a few weeks. You will be sure to get that notification. You subscribe if you haven't already. And yeah, I really like to thank you for listening to this episode. We've had a lot of fun over season three, and I can't wait to start season four. And as I end all my episodes, I want to make sure that you keep this advice in mind as you're focusing on your work. Stay hungry for knowledge. Mm-hmm.